The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Tell me all about it, buddy. How do we feel? That's right. Hour two. That's right. Friday morning, Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. TJ, when do you want to talk about the other reason it's a big day? Is there? Are you planning something? No, no, no. I just uh, didn't know. I knew we had limited time there, so uh, anytime you like, I just was looking at is, the clock there. There's another reason it's a big day today. Uh, that is because... It is K-Ref and Sports Radio Hall of Famer Lumber Lady's birthday. That's right. Today. That's right. She always celebrates on Cinco de Mayo. It's like she, she set that up on purpose. She does indeed. Happy birthday to the great Lumber Lady. One yes, of the most happy birthday. kind-hearted people I have ever met in my life and an absolutely enormous Sooner fan. A legend, Lumber Lady. Happy birthday. Um, okay, Teach. Uh, I have a bit of personal news Ooh, and then a congratulations. Did somebody to share. go have fondue? No. There, I will not be having any more children. <laughs> I have lost something that is very near and dear to me. Oh, no. Oh, no. My blue check mark is finally gone from Twitter. Is it really? Yes. Oh. It disappeared sometime yesterday. Uh, I was notified of this fact, and I am now oh, blue checkmarkless. You are checkless. Somebody oh. finally sniffed me out, Teach. Elon got to me. Now I can finally make my fake Toby Rowland account. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Let's start this account. The uh, real Toby Rowland. What's it, I mean? I, I'm trying to. I'm finding out what it's like to live in the non-blue checkmark world, Teach. So, you were living high in first class last night. Yeah. You landed and you lost your blue checkmark. It's all downhill from here, my friend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it took them long enough to get to you, so maybe it I was know. a slow rollout the way that uh, those texters were talking about. I think they. I was in an evaluation process. They were like, "This guy, nah, nah." If you want it back, all you have to do is insult Elon on the airwaves and say, "I'll never pay for a blue check mark," and then make some <laughs> other political comments. And then Elon will be like, "Oh yeah, well I'll pay for yours for you." All right, now my congratulations. Well, I would like to congratulate. The Kansas Jayhawks on finally getting a good basketball player, Hunter Dickinson, the number one player in the transfer portal, the big guy from Michigan. Oh, congratulations, Jayhawks. He's headed to Kansas. 
He put together a video last night. These videos are getting stupid, people. I, I don't... I know I'm 50 almost, and I'm completely unhip. But we are in an era now where, TJ, you can't just tell people where you're going to go. you got to, you know, whether you're a high school recruit or even now transfer portal guys, you gotta, you got to put together, a, what do they call it, an edit? An edit? you got to put uh, the edits the graphic isn't it i don't know the edit the video i, don't I think the edit the video you got to hire somebody to make a video for you and then you got to release the video and it's always a mystery until the end of the video you need to look up the hunter dickinson video yesterday i didn't watch it no I, I saw the news but i didn't watch the video look it up it up here yeah he, i'll tell folks out there he's shooting baskets in a gym okay hunter Shooting baskets in a gym, and and he gets a phone call on his cell phone in his pocket, and then he like pulls it out. He's like, "Hey, yeah, what? Yeah, what's up? What's uh, up? Yeah, terrible acting already." And then he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're probably right. It is time." And then cut to uh, Hunter Dickinson driving in a car, if I remember correctly. Yep. And he's like, "Man, this was even harder than when I was highly highly recruited coming out of high school. This is even harder." Figuring out where I want to go. Now all these people want me. He's like driving one of the fancy new Mustangs. And then he walks into this uh, hotel meeting room, it looks like. And you can't quite tell at first who he's going to shake hands with. And then it becomes clear that it's Bill Self. And he says, uh, I'm just here to tell you, I'm coming to Kansas. Uh, Bill Self gives him an awkward two-handed high five and then hugs him. And uh, I don't know, just. Kansas. I just I Kansas basketball too much for me to stomach teach. Like like Bill didn't know what he was walking into the grand ballroom at this hotel for, acting surprised with when he's cameras. like, cameras. Uh, yeah, with cameras around. Like, coach, I just want to let you know I'm coming to Kansas. And then he holds up both hands to high five him, holding a iced coffee in one hand. Come on, <laughs> look on the floor by the corner right there. There's a big bag of cash. <laughs> they didn't do a zoom in on that. Which, by the way, is perfectly legal it's now. It's perfectly so, legal, uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. There's nothing, nothing we can look do about at here. it. Nothing we can do about it. Uh, 14 pairs of Adidas shoes waiting for him. You're right. We need to have a kid that just says, you know what? I'm going old school 1988. I'm going to fax in to some school. <laughs> and then he'll send in like five faxes at the same time to different numbers. And uh, the videos. <laughs> And you got to wait for it to come through the machine until the one says, I'm coming to so-and-so. God love him. I'm going to be a Peyton Bowen fan for his entire OU career. I hope he uh, uh, is an unbelievable football player. But the whole putting on a hat and then, nah, not this hat, putting on another, bah, not this hat. I mean, that is just drives me up the ever-living wall right there. <laughs> Psych. Gotcha. It's really under the table. The real hat's under, or is it? Uh, I can't take it anymore, Teach. Bill got a new wig, too, in this video, I think. I know he's had been some health through. concerns, but he's not been looking great. Yeah. He's been through a lot. Yeah. But he finally got a good basketball player to come to Kansas. Good for him. Good so for him. So we got to deal with this guy next year. We got to deal with Hunter Dickinson Immediately. Next year. Hey. Uh, not that I was the biggest fan of him in the world, uh, but immediately when I see him uh, high-five Bill Self, I was like, well, this guy's become annoying. <laughs> You were gonna we're gonna dislike Hunter Dickinson a lot. He's seven one, right? He's really good. No, he is. He's very good. He might be the preseason player of the year in the Big Twelve next year. 
but he does kind of play with that chip on a shoulder attitude that is immediately going to make everybody go, Ugh. yeah, it's a problem. OU still with a couple of spots, and obviously, in my opinion, obviously, they want a big for one of those spots at least to help defend now Hunter Dickinson in the Big 12. And there's some still some pretty big names out there. I mentioned the Aziz Bandiago um, last week or earlier this week, the seven-footer from Utah Valley. Uh, oh, you just got Latre Darthard or Dart Hard, one of the two from that same school. He's still out there. Grant Nelson, a North Dakota State, uh, very talented player. He's 6'11". He's still on the board. Uh, there's a Tennessee power forward whose last name I don't know how to say. It's Olivier something. 6'9", he's still out there. So there are still several bigs uh, that are really good that still have not committed anywhere yet. Hopefully Porter Moser can land uh, one of those now more than ever that Hunter Dickinson's going to Kansas, you're going to need one next year. Let me ask you this, Teach. The I don't think it's been announced, but the assumed or rumored format for Big 12 basketball next year is going to be that you'll play five teams home and home, and the other eight you'll play one game each, either home or away. Does that make sense? So there'll be 18 conference games, just like there is this year, but we've got more teams next year, 14 teams. But 10 so of them are taken up with home and home. 10 games will be home and homes, and then the other eight will be one game each, either at you know four at your place, four at their place. I would assume two of OU's home and homes will be OSU and Texas. Correct. I think probably the other three, will. they'll try to make it balanced, would be my assumption, not just – who are the five closest schools to you? You know what I mean? They'll try to make it where it's fairly – I, I could be wrong about this, but I think that the way they'll do it is say, hey, we want to make sure that everybody's got kind of an equally tough schedule here. So I don't know that it'll just be who are the five closest schools to OU and that's who they play a home and home with. So under that assumption, the other three home and homes, who would you like it to be? He's play him twice, your place and their place. Uh, I like when they play Kansas, so I think I'm going to put Kansas in there, even though the success rate isn't very high. I'll agree with you. I just I want them. Yeah, I agree with you. I would like to play home and home. I want one more crack at him at Fog Island Fieldhouse before we leave the. Conference, even though we haven't won there. So even if they're a one-off, you want it to be on the road. Yes, yes. Um, Houston would be fun, obviously, because of the Kelvin tie. Uh, okay, but they're a difficult. Matchup. I want Kelvin in the Lloyd Noble Center. If that means we got a home and home, then okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. care anything about going to that. I don't like what you just said. If they're going balanced, they won't do that because Houston and Kansas are pretty elite right now. Yeah. So. Um, Some of these I'm thinking about the road atmosphere, but then I'm like, I don't want to give up a home game to them, like K-State and, and the Houston situation in Kansas, all of them. Um, it's a hard question to answer. It is it's a hard like question. It's not like you're traveling to the road and I could try to make anyway. it as easy as I could, and you say UCF and BYU and the programs that are a little bit more down. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we are going to Cincinnati and BYU in football. We're going to see those campuses. The other two, UCF and Houston, I have seen before, and I don't really have a great desire to – I'm not dying to go back to Orlando or Houston. You know what I mean? I think there's a pretty good chance we'll be to all four places between the three sports at some some point. Um, but anyway, there's a like question. Tech doesn't do much for me. Iowa State, I guess I would want a home at home. Yeah. Um, thinking it through, so. Hilton Coliseum one more time for right. sure. Yeah. All right, break time. When we come back, Skip Johnson joins us live from Morgantown right after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Sooners and Mountaineers coming up tonight here in Morgantown, and we are joined now by OU head coach Skip Johnson, live from Morgantown. Good morning, Skip. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Did you find your coffee yet today, Coach? No, I was out turkey hunting on this back back this uh, uh, mountain that we're staying on. I'm down here in the bottom of it. <laughs> it is uh, great cell gonna, coverage to be in the bottom of a hill. It's like going to be hard to find in the fog. It was until about five minutes yeah, ago. It was foggy. completely foggy here. Yeah, it's looking beautiful now. Well, yeah, um, before we talk about this series, Coach, a great win for you on Tuesday night in Dallas. Boy, you guys played well all around against DBU. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I thought that the uh, kids came out with the. Uh, a little more sense of urgency, which needed to happen, and uh, um, it's good. Tell me about Will Karsten's turnaround, Coach. Um, you know, he's going along having uh, an okay season until about three weeks ago, and and all of a sudden he has been lights out. He's now at the back of the bullpen for you. Tell me about the journey to get him to where he is right now. Well, I mean, Will came in. We thought he was going to be a starter coming out of junior college. He had a lot of uh, uh, his a lot of presence. He's really competitive. Um, that's one thing that you can always. It's always going to be consistent. He might lose the game or he might struggle a bit because it's probably due from being over competitive. And and if you can go to bed at night as a pitching coach or as a coach, you know he's going to give you a big effort, and uh, uh, that's all you can really ask out of him. But Coming into the season, you know, coming in, and he got a little sore in his shoulder. It's really a terrace majors from probably overthrowing, probably from overcompeting in inner squad, and uh, we had to back him down and really uh, uh, try to ease him along, try to get that thing back healthy. We put him in a situation uh, and kind of just kept it that way. You know, most of it, you know, really – it's really Braden Carmichael how how he's done has really helped the situation as much as anything, and you know when you're when you're searching out of the bullpen looking for guys to get people out, um, I, I just know and, and the same thing with Weber. Weber's going to overcompete most of the time, and uh, uh, um, he's going to throw strikes, and and that's really that's all you can ask out of him. Closers come in all shapes and sizes. You had maybe the best in the country last year in Trevin Michael. In your career, you've had a ton of great ones. What do you look for kind of mindset-wise 
personality-wise maybe for that guy that's got to get the final outs of a game? Well, I mean, ideally, I mean, you want to be able – they can be able to hold runners. They can fill their position, and they can throw two pitches for strikes. I mean, that's ideally. And But, you know, I, I think it's – they're really competitive. You know, they're, they're – like, they have a – like, I, I can't – I can't really explain it. It's like they're um, just ultra-competitive, and they're not afraid of the moment. Um, they're not afraid to stand out there in front of the crowd and uh, uh, and fail, really. You know, you know what I mean? They're not, they're, they're not afraid to fail. And, uh, uh, yeah, I've been blessed to have those guys like Canable uh, uh, and Ruffin and uh, Austin Wood and, you know, Trevor Michael, I mean, he threw two in, Trevor Michael threw in two innings last night. I was looking at his numbers. He punched up five in, in high A ball. You know, it's uh, um, it's one of those deals, you know. I, I don't know if it's uh, uh, there's the right ingredients. It's just the guy's not afraid to not to get not afraid to get out there and get after it. This answer's probably pretty obvious because he's good, but why have you been so much better this year with Dakota Harris in the line? I think you're 20 and 11 now when he's played. You had that tough stretch when he was down with injury where he only won four or five games, but you've been great when he's been in the lineup. Is it more than just the fact that he's a really good player? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's uh, uh, he really communicates with the defense. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you, I don't know how good Sooner football would have been without Baker Mayfield or Kyler <laughs> Murray, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're the quarterback that you look at most teams. And I'm not saying uh, McKenzie's not a good shortstop because he is. He is. He's a good player. But, uh, you know, when you fall, you work all fall and that guy's been there all fall, um, you know, every team that I've coached or played on or, or uh, been a part of, um, when we were really good, we had a good shortstop. You know, and uh, – uh, and we've been really consistent. And when we wasn't very good, our shortstop hadn't been very good. So it's uh, one of those uh, uh, things that you it's, – it's middle of the infield, middle of the field's got to be good, man. It's just got to be good. <clears throat> what do you think about West Virginia, Coach? First place in the Big 12 right now in line to prob- probably host an NCAA regional. Tell me about Randy Mazie's team this year. Uh, very athletic, very good. Their bullpen is extremely good. The starting pitching is extremely good. Um, they're they're a good club, and it's going to be a good opportunity for us. I mean, they can run. They bat probably the best hitter in our conference. Um, uh, I mean, they they do a lot of things right. JJ Weatherholt, who you're talking about, he's hitting about 460, I think, on the year. How do you get this guy out? Uh, we're much trying to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be fun to figure out. It'll be fun. To whatever watch it is, yeah. Whatever it is, don't say it over the public airwaves. That's a that's a smart. Oh, I, uh, I, I mean, I we can get him out. I just have to bring back uh uh, uh, uh Kate Horton. <laughs> I was wrong. He's hitting four seventy now on the wow. year with uh. 12 home runs and 51 runs batted in. Yeah, he's uh, – Walking. Well, 
That's what they did to Barry Bonds, right? That's right. I mean, I think it's a two-horse race between him and Gavin Cash, uh, the the kid at Texas Tech's having an incredible year down there yeah. too. But I'm looking forward to seeing Weatherhold. I asked you this question on Tuesday, but for our radio audience, I'd love to hear your answer too. We're down to 10 games to go in the regular season. Where do you feel like you are right now in the NCAA tournament picture? Well, I mean, I think if we stopped right now, we'd probably uh, – uh, we might get in um, as a three seed probably. Uh, I think our RPI is good enough to do that. I think our wins against the, um, um, the competition, you know, the, the, the better competition has been good. We're, we're 500 in conference. I think that – Unfortunately, our conference is uh, um, it needs to needs better recognition or whatever you say about it. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think that we've got to win. If we win two out of three, the next two weekends we get in for sure. Um, win two out of three this weekend, uh, it'll help us a lot. Um, uh, if we were to stop right now and play the conference tournaments, I think we'd have to win one game. Uh, I don't. I don't, really don't know. I mean, that's you never know. Our RPI is at fifty uh, something, and uh, uh, we'll see from there. One more question, Coach uh, Braxton Douthit going for you tonight. He's having a really good year. I think he still leads the Big Twelve in opponent batting average. Teams are only hitting one eighty-eight against him on the season. If he's had one issue, it's walking guys. Uh, what what is the what what can he straighten out there in that regard? Throw more strikes. Now, uh, uh, I think the difference is for him is like I, he's meant that it really bothers him a lot to to think about that. And and I mean I don't I understand that too. But he's also coming from you know Lamar the the, the uh, strike zones tighter here in the Big Twelve than it was where he was at, and, you know, it probably puts that pressure on himself when he gets behind the count and says, just, you know, just throwing a strike. And uh, uh, I think that's the separation, you know, of him. He's got to go out there and just attack and not worry about the outcome. A lot of times when you see a guy with a high number of walks, high number of strikeouts, it's really that it's their stuff. Really, for him, he's got great stuff. He just gets out of rhythm. And I think that's the thing he's got to continue to, to grow and get better at is to, is to get in rhythm. I, I lied. I got one more because that made me – getting in rhythm made me think of something. In the past, you would often see your pitchers when they would throw two or three out of the zone, walk down off the back of the mound about halfway to second base, yeah. take a breath, and then, you know, come back up. You got this clock now, and you don't see uh, – Carson Atwood did that kind of in a sped-up version of it on Tuesday night, but I'm sure that's been something you've taught for years and years that you've had to to alter this year, right? Well, of course, there's no different. I mean, it's like if, it's like you're, I'm glad you said that because it's a, not many people really understand what you mean. Is It's kind of a reset button. It's like uh, uh, when you start start something and you, you start out bad, you just push reset and or you go off the back of the mound and take a, a, a moment to check out, you know, and get, find a what we call it a, a, a release, find a, something physical with association. Uh, might be the rosin bag, might be the flagpole, might give a verbal cue uh, just to take a break for a minute 
and to get back in it. Well, they don't let you do that anymore. I mean, it's like golfing. I mean, you got to be able to, you know, you're sitting up there and you got to be able to take a reset. And uh, uh, but you know, we've made a game of concentration into a game of uh, 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 fast pace or what? What do you call it when you when a uh, when a basketball team's going down back fast and break. forth, back and forth, fast break? That's how we play baseball now. It's fast break baseball. So uh, um, I think there's going to be a lot of mistakes. You've seen the numbers uh, in the home runs, right? It's yeah, three hundred well, yeah. more. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's it's what it's all about offense, and uh, um, and that's okay, I guess. If we can just we're we're just going to play offense all the time, and not worry about pitching, then it's going to be okay too. All right, go get him tonight, Coach. Thanks, guys. Skip Johnson, OU West Virginia, five thirty Central Time start tonight. We got a five o'clock pregame show for you right here on the ref as you're getting out of work for game one. Quick break, and we're talking to new OU soccer coach Matt Mott on the other side of this timeout. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. All right, this is cool. We got a new soccer coach in Norman. His name is Matt Mott. He comes from Ole Miss, and he joins us for the first time live now on the show. Coach Mott, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm fantastic. It's my first official day here in in Norman. Uh, I'm sitting at my desk um, just really, really fired up and excited to be here. Well, welcome. We're excited to have you as well. Um, you come from Ole Miss, where you had a very successful long run with the Rebels. Why the move, Coach? What made you want to uh, become an Oklahoma Sooner? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, when I met with, with Joe and Armani and um, just the everything about Oklahoma, to be honest, like and I got here, I was blown away with the facilities, the resources, uh, you know, Joe's vision, um, everything that I think you can do here. When I look around at the other women's sports, they're all just absolutely killing it. And so, you know, I kind of want to be a part of that. Women's sports and men's sports, for that matter. But just want to be a part of it, um, you know, and elevate kind of myself as a coach and, and challenge myself as a coach. And I think this is a uh, – I've said this a number of times. I think OU is a sleeping giant in college women's soccer, and, and I want to get it to that next level. 13 years at Ole Miss, NCAA tournaments plenty, especially over the last uh, five or six years or so. Tell us a little ab- about your time uh, with the Rebels and the success you had there. Yeah, it, it was a special time for me, for sure. You know, I, I actually, um, you know, was my first full head coaching, uh, head coaching job. I came from the University of Texas as an assistant and, and then into Ole Miss. And, you know, really proud of, the, proud of what we did there. Made two Sweet 16s and – you know, just missed, missed the Elite Eight in a penalty kick shootout in, in 2015. And, you know, uh, you know, really built a, a really solid program there that, um, you know, I feel very, very – it was successful. I feel really proud about it. Um, and, and just great people and a great place and, you know, cool college town. And so really enjoyed my time there. I mean, you know, my three kids, and they all kind of grew up there. Um, but, you know, we were ready for uh, – I was certainly ready for a new challenge and – um, this is the place for me to be for sure. Obviously headed to the SEC uh, next year, and I think we're we're pretty familiar around here with what 
SEC football and, and basketball are like. What about soccer? What What's the SEC soccer landscape? Yeah, so I, I, I spent 20 years in the SEC. I had seven years at, at Auburn as an associate head coach, and then my 13 years at Ole Miss. And uh, that's one thing that really excited me about this about this job is I'm excited to certainly spend one more year in the Big 12 and, and go to battle with those guys I remember from my time in Texas. But uh, bringing uh, OU into the into the uh, SEC is going to be just awesome. Um, you know, tons of rivalries. Uh, SEC soccer is very, very strong. I think last year we had eight in the NCAA tournament. Um, every year it's that. It's seven, eight, nine um, getting in. And last year, you know, Alabama made the Final Four. So we're really, really pushing and growing to, to being just one of the most powerhouse conferences in the country right now. I think we're just behind the ACC, but we are gaining on them all the time. So the idea that we're able to bring OU into the SEC uh, really, really excited me about this opportunity because uh, I can't wait to battle those guys now here uh, here at OU. I know just enough about the sport from playing it growing up, and, and I, I'm a big Premier League fan, to oh, sound nice. stupid when I try to sound smart. So <laughs> stylistically, do you have a style that is the Matt Mott style? Or is it an adaptation to to the talent? Yeah, it's an adaptation to the talent. We we've done everything at Ole Miss. I've played direct. I've played possession style. I've uh, you know we've had fast forwards and tried to get over the top to unlock teams. We've had forwards where we can kind of combine to get through them. I've had great goalkeeping. So I think the if you're asking me the most important, I think the goalkeeper is really really important. Um, and we kind of start from there and build out from there. Um, but I've got to see what we have, right? We've myself and my staff have have really dove in the last you know week, I guess, uh, into the OU team and and it, trying to analyze the players. But until I see them, you know, live, it, it's hard to figure out exactly what we'll do this coming season. But as we move forward, we'll be a really fun team to watch. We'll be a pressing team. Um, you know, we're going to get up and and get after them. I don't know if we're going to be quite leads um, in the EPL, but we're going to be a, a high tempo. Pressing team. So, who, who's your team, Toby? How did you know that? I'm a Leeds fan. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm a Leeds fan. I, uh, I I watched the documentary about what was it three or four oh, years yeah. ago on Amazon, and it hooked me. Yep. Now we That's are, awesome. yeah, as you well know, we are in desperate straits right now with four games to right, go. Uh, yes. So, but, but yeah, what about you? Are you a Premier League fan? Oh, huge, huge. I'm a uh, Manchester United fan. Okay. So, um, and have been, and really, I was Manchester United fan because of Roy Keane. I don't know how yeah. far back you go, but his book, his I recommend his book to any sports fan. His uh, his autobiography just sold me back about twenty something years ago, um, and just became a huge fan. And, and Alex Ferguson, and so uh, yeah, I'm a Man, Man United fan for sure, uh, through and through. TJ, to put this in your language, Coach Mott is a fan of the Yankees, and <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan of the Rangers. Okay, I understand. Okay. And, and Toby, right. Toby, just so you know, I am a fan of the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're catching a theme here with you, Coach. You're you're a bandwagon <laughs> yeah. fan, is what you're telling me. You're chasing uh, no, so, all the titles. Or I bet you like the Lakers too, don't you? No, no, I like the Knicks. I'm actually from upstate New York, so I'm a Knicks <laughs> fan, and I'm a I'm a, a Washington Commanders fan. So. Um, I, I don't have all, oh all of the best teams, but uh, you know, the Yankees uh, Yankees have been my team forever. Hey, i got to ask you about, before we let you go, there was one thing in your yeah. bio that I found very intriguing. You were in the Coast Guard, 
And you played for the, uh, the something called the Coast Guard Select Team. What what was that about? What was that experience? Yeah, so I got kind of recruited to uh, to play soccer in, in the Coast Guard. They have a they have actually all all sports, but they have um, kind of like a, a um, enlisted select kind of teams. So I got to go and and spend really like three seasons. You know, I was still obviously in the Coast Guard and, and doing search and rescue and drug smuggling drug busting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but while we also had the opportunity to play on a, on a soccer team that traveled all over and we, we played in um, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, we, we, we played all over the place. So that was a really, really cool experience. But uh, going to the military was the best thing I could have done going out of, out of, out of high school. It taught me you know, discipline and chain of command and leadership and accountability, all those kind of things. So it was a perfect way, obviously, for me to start as a, a young 18-year-old. Who would you play against? Um, like uh, military, like other military teams, certainly okay. like Navy and Marines and those guys. But then also like a number of foreign teams. Uh, like we would go down and play on the Navy base in in, in uh, Guantanamo Bay, or we'd go to a you know an Air Force base and, and play. They would they would have the the enlisted guys would have teams as well. Do you have any good drug smuggling sting operation stories? <laughs> I have a I have a ton of them. I don't know if you have time, but <laughs> I have a ton. Of, we we did uh we did bust one off of uh, the coast of Miami, and it was called the uh, the boat was called the My Vice Two. So I remember back in the day, Miami Vice was yeah. big. I mean, we're talking about early uh, late or early nineties. Was Don Johnson yeah, we, on we, the we, boat? No, 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 he wasn't. But they dropped a DEA uh, agent from a helicopter onto the boat with these smugglers and he took over control of the boat it, it was unbelievable oh, so nice. sometime i will be happy to share many stories with you about it every friday now folks we're having coach mott on the show to share a drug <laughs> smuggling sting story that's great all right well coach we're thrilled to have you very much look forward to uh, getting to know you better in the future and i know you're going to do great things at ou thank you very much thanks so much for having me really enjoyed it see you coach yeah all right there you go teach i like that guy He's got hear uh, more of those stories. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got uh, uh, what you wasted more, all like, our need... time with leads, and you could have gone into that. <laughs> <laughs> we dropped a DEA agent out of a helicopter, and he, he quote took control of the boat. He acted like it was no big deal, too. Like uh, I want to know that happens all the time at work. I need to know more about took control of the boat. This is my That's boat a, now. Sounds like there's more to that story. There, I would like to know. <laughs> That sounds like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie back in the day, TJ. I will now take control of the boat. Oh, that's great, huh? I like that guy. I don't. I mean, he's a front runner, obviously, being a Man U fan. But other than that, I like that guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, break time. Quick break. I'm in Morgantown today getting set for baseball tonight. We'll be back. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. T-Row in the Morning Show, 7 a.m. hour, brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, locally owned and operated in Norman and Edmond, serving Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, other surrounding areas, blackthunderroofing.com, 405-473-8028. Angie, Superior Service Award winner four times. Your local roofer, a one-stop shop customer for one contractor. 
Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, this song for this texture. TJ, can you please keep playing Brooks and Dunn all morning long? Big time tonight. I can't wait. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's going to be a fun evening. Megan Maroney, right? Megan Maroney and Scotty McCreary opening for Brooks and Dunn at the Paycom Center tonight. Yes. Hey, uh, listen, we can't get TJ out of the house to support an OU team, but you bring a country music concert within 200 miles of here. Stop it. And he is there, man. He's going to have boots on tonight. All home football games. I'm at Cowboy. Many baseball games. Mm. A few basketball games during the year. Would you just stop? Sorry. I had to get on to coach, by the way, off the air. I said, don't Which be one? putting him in first class ever again. He's been a monster this morning. <laughs> and he said, hey, I'll put him there if I want to. He deserves it. I was like, all right. Well, you say he deserves it. He deserves it. Uh, he got back after me. Uh, I was thinking about this the other night. I saw Brooks and Dunn for the first time over 30 years ago. It's probably Are they nice. both still alive? They're both still alive, yes. Mm. Uh, it was either 91 or 92, I can't remember, at some little dive in Enid. And I can't remember the name of the They place. were in Enid? They were in Enid. And, man, it was this like as before a country, they hit it big, obviously. It was about the time Boot Scoot and Boogie and stuff came out. It was late 91 or early 92. And, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of that place in Enid. Um, it's not there, obviously, still. But 30-plus uh, <sighs> years that, I started, that I've been seeing Brooks and Dunn. Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Boot, scoot, boogie. Are you trying to make fun of them? Here we go, do si do. Come on, baby, let's go. Boot scooting. <laughs> what else do they sing besides that? Are they just going to sing uh, that over and over again? No, they have like hundreds of hits. They've been around, oh. as I just mentioned, for three decades. Yeah. You loser. Uh, Bumpy Rose says if it, if it did happen in a casino, there are microphones that can pick up everything, and those surveillance teams love a good challenge. So it was, it was at Great American book. Ballpark. Yeah, it's, it's the, at the Cincinnati book. Red Stadium mm-hmm. sports book. So I, I've never been there. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if that's a window you walk up to or if there's actually you go inside somewhere. It sounds like maybe you go inside a restaurant or something. I, I, I don't know. You do. That, like, there's, um, it looks like uh, somewhere a smaller version of something you would see of a sports book in Vegas. There's seating areas, and I've seen pictures of it there. It wasn't open yet the last time I was at that ballpark, obviously, but uh, I've seen layouts of it. And I think it's got like uh, you can get food and stuff like that. So I do think you can sit and hang out in there and watch the games and everything and then make bets. I, I wonder if there's like a camera that zoomed in that saw who his phone was talking to, or you know, I, I, that's just that whole surveillance part of it is intriguing. Telling you, I'm telling you, they were on to him, and they cut this yeah. dude a deal. He you sold right. his friend out. Might be right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, good morning, fellas. Oh, oh good morning. What, that, what happened with that one? Uh, soccer and stings with Coach Mott is what they're wanting to call the uh, Friday segment. I like Soccer it. and stings. Uh, I'm a soccer fan now. Coach Mott is awesome. That's from Bo <laughs> in Murray County. He was cool. I like him. Uh, man, you and drug smuggling. I like Coach Mott already. <laughs> That's what this texture says. Just to be clear, he was anti-drug smuggling. He was busting okay? the drug smuggling. He was trying to smugglers. stop yeah. drugs. He's not in favor of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was with Mott on United and the Yankees, and then he said he's a fan of the Commanders. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> what this texture says. Uh, let's see. It takes me a while to process when somebody says commanders. I'm like, wait, what is that? Is that a – oh, that's the football team, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't got used to that nickname yet. 
one of Brooks and Dunn's brothers works with me here in Tulsa. Uh, we call him Boot Scoot. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> How old are they now? Oh. They gotta be in their eighties. They've got no, it's they're in their sixties. Nineties? <laughs> they're up there. They're up there. Are they still high energy, I bet, tonight. I'll I'll report oh, back. Yeah. I'll report back. Oh, I hope they take a break. Ah, uh, thank you. Whoever this nap. is, City Boots. That's what that is what it was called. City Boots. They say City Boots probably TK and Reba performed there too. I did see uh, Reba there back in the day, Brooks and Dunn, Sammy Kershaw. That was City Boots. Thank you. I could not you remember City that. City Bites? No, it was City Boots. I could not City remember boots. the name of that place the other night. Thank you. Uh, I almost got in a fight with a dude. It was an 18 and up place did. back in the day. I was 18, 19 at one of these concerts. And I'm actually, this may have been Halloween night. And he came up drunk, this big dude. I at was City doing. Boots? Yes, I was doing nothing. I was just minding my business. Uh, me and a girl were there, and he comes up to me, and he starts hey just mouthing off to me, wanting to fight me for whatever reason. I don't know. And uh, some people stepped in and saved my life because this dude would have destroyed me. He did not like me for whatever reason. Yeah. No idea. No idea to this day. But I still remember that night because I, uh, <laughs> I was scared to death that that guy. You do kind of have a, me. I want to fight that he guy. He was face. about 35. Like I said, I was 18, 19 years old. Um, I think it was a Halloween event at City Boots, and I was probably dressed like a pirate or something, and he just didn't like it. <laughs> so. Did you go as Chris Sabo every year at Halloween? <laughs> you big goggles. Just put on big goggles and rolled out, yeah. All right, top of the hour break. Hey, coming up bottom of next hour, we're going to chat with Andrew Caridi, the uh, West Virginia play-by-play guy for baseball, learn more about the Mountaineers. I'm live in Morgantown today. Back after this.